When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode, why failing chemistry doesn't have to blow up the lab, the tale of the casual widow, and can you solve the mystery of the missing question? All that and more on today's episode of Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. Help me out, almighty Lori Beth Denberg. Give me the vital information so I get the red thoughts to do, yeah. Lori Beth is in session and we're reading from the scriptures about the information Talk to my goddess and my savior, my LBT Just tell me what's going on with me Oh my goddess and my savior, my LBT Just tell me what's going on with me This is Lori Beth Denberg, and welcome to the Bad Advice Podcast. Woo. With me, as always, is Clark Crozer. Hello. Clark, I'm not going to ask how you are, because uh, I know how you are. Yeah. We are both losing our minds. Yes, we are. Listeners, please help us. Okay, yeah, we're going right straight into this, aren't yeah, we? Okay. I can't. We've been working on this for months? Yeah, a yeah month? literally. I don't know. Uh, li- over a month. Okay. Over a month. Here's the thing, listeners. We- <laughs> hi. Hi, everybody. Hi. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, and here we go. Yeah, yeah, I need something from you. I give a lot, okay? Let's have it come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We got a great question. Yes. And Months ago. Months months ago. ago. And Clark and I are just certain that we answered it. Well, let me me throw, I'll put this into perspective. Yes, sir. Uh, We get questions all the time. Yes. I try and put them into the scripts. And then you come in uh, to, to record them and you take a look at some of them and we move a couple questions around here and there and then we go. We just record. Yes. You don't get too much time to think about it. So we had this one question that I thought was a decent question. You thought it was a decent question. Yeah, it was However, good. when it first came in, we were kind of overloaded with questions. Mm. So we had so many good questions. We decided, hey, let's take this guy and let's push this guy to next week. And then that became ne- the week after that. And then it kind of got pushed at least two or three times Okay, while we were trying to get it in. But then go ahead. Uh, I and Clark. Yeah. Distinctly remember answering this question fully, like talking about it in with microphones in front of our faces. Yes. However, Clark keeps a very clear, you know, catalog of all of our <laughs> quote unquote scripts. Just, yeah. you know, what we've done in that show. Basically, it's just the questions that yeah, we've answered. Yeah, the questions. And it is not in any of the episodes. <laughs> we feel so, it's like someone is gaslighting us. Yeah, yeah. Somebody went into your files, Clark, and deleted this. Uh, like, it was almost as if we finished recording an episode and then got knocked out by gas. Yes. And then somebody deleted that episode and they woke us up and said, all right, it's time to do another episode. Yeah. And then we recorded another one and this is just like a, a faint, vague memory. That is the most likely scenario. <laughs> 
or we never answered it and yeah. we'd like to, but not if we already have. So let me, before we go on, let me throw out, I'm going to read the first part of this question just so people out there can uh, help us try yes. and figure out whether we've asked or whether we've answered this question on the air before. Yes. So here it is. Uh, the question basically just says, my dad was cheating on my mom when she was pregnant with me. I barely saw my dad growing up. Looking back, I need I really needed a dad. He would come around every now and then. Sometimes three years would pass. And at this time, he lived in the same town. My older sister told me as a kid, mom and dad got a divorce because of you. And looking back, I'm sure she thought that was true in a kid's eyes. But now we both know better. But I grew up with feeling like it was my fault. Uh, that's There's not more, the whole yeah. question. There's more to the question. There's more to the question. But have you, dear listeners. Yes, please help us. Have you heard this before? Did we answer this question? We answer usually around four or five questions every episode. And this is our 37th episode. Yes. That's a lot of questions. And this is the one we cannot figure out whether we've answered or not. And again, as Clark was saying, questions go in and out depending on what, you know, if there's like five questions about sex toys, we don't want to do them all in the same episode. <laughs> right. You know, as much as I would like to, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to use five sex toys in, in one episode. <laughs> in one episode. Um, I've come close. Okay. But uh, yeah, this one, I just distinctly remember answering it and it is nowhere in our archives. Yeah. If you have heard this question on the show, yeah, please write in and let us know. Yeah, or if you've listened to every single episode and said, no, I have a, a, a perfect memory yes. and I remember for certain that you have never answered this question, let us know that too. Yes, please I'd do. I'd love to answer this question. It's a good question. It's a, It's a great question and there's more to it. Like Clark said, he only read the first half. But it is driving us fucking insane. We have literally been tearing our our hair out for at least three or four weeks now. Yes. If not more. Because Clark is like, we didn't do this one. And I'm like, yes, we did. But when you say, yes, we did, it, I remember doing it too. It's not just you. I know. No, I know. I totally remember answering this question. Please help us, people. Please. <laughs> Maybe you should post something on the socials and somebody I will, can just no, I will definitely reply post, to it or exactly, something. Exactly. I will definitely post it on the socials. It could be like a, 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 a poll. Have yeah. you heard this question? Exactly. <laughs> Would you like to? Would you like us to stop entirely? Are we going insane? Yeah. So again, if you're listening, go back, listen to the question again, and then listen to the rest of the episode. Sure, but sure. we got to the point where we just needed your help. Yeah, because this is driving us insane. We even uh, we even uh, we reached out to the original uh, yeah, person I, that I, asked the question. Yeah, I I messaged this person because um they uh have put another question in through Instagram. That's how I knew the name yeah. of the Instagrammer. And even they don't remember. Yeah, even the, what she said, well, what she said was, if you answered it, I didn't hear it, but she also didn't say I've listened to every episode. <laughs> right, Beth, right. Which I mean, really, 
But um, so yeah, it's just been driving us crazy, yeah. and it's a good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. based on the response we get, we will answer this question next week. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, but anyway, just, all right. Life is hard enough without this on my mind. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully you guys out there can help us out. Uh, but uh, let's move on to our actual real questions. Well, why bother? We're going to forget if we did them. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Okay. I know uh, I like the questions. We'll move on to question number one. And question number one this week is from somebody named Carly. Carly. And Carly asks... Why is it so hard to work hard and make some decent money without being subjected to a deluge of meetings that could have been an email? Ah. Yeah. Oh, Carly. Carly. This was bad enough back in the day. Actually, it might have been worse back in the day yeah. before everything was done on the Zoom. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, now it's kind of easy. Hey, we're calling a meeting. Why don't you be there? Yeah. Uh, th uh, this is very interesting because it, it does depend. There's a couple different ways to look at it. Part of me knows from my experience that there are team leaders or project leaders or whatever that just need to hear themselves talk. Oh yeah. And they need to see you hearing themselves talk. Oh yeah. And whatever little power trip it might be, whatever, you know, let you hang on my every word right. until I tell you what it is you need oh. to do. And you usually know. they're always the late one to the meeting. Yeah. They they do all of those things from that book, like <laughs> never be the first one to speak. <laughs> always have a taller chair. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yep, 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 so yep, yep. there is that possibility, and it's that was one of my favorite memes from the very start of the pandemic when everyone was locked down. Was somebody saying, "Well, I guess we see which one of these meetings could have been an email." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I just said that very grammatically, wonderfully. <laughs> well, the follow up, however, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um. But the other thing about, I mean, a deluge of meetings, I get what it's this eye roll. It's this like, <sighs> I had an old boss who would have to be on corporate. Um, they weren't video calls, though. They were just conference calls. Okay. And it would just be like muted, rolling her eyes. At one point, she had a, we got a tiara and she would always just wear it during the conference calls. Oh, good but she Lord. was the conference call princess. And it was oh. always like, this is so useless and oh. I don't need any of this information and I have nothing to contribute because yeah. this isn't my wheelhouse. Yeah. But, you know, so there is that. Um, you and know, on the other, oh, go ahead. When we were in working together at yes. the ad agency, uh, there were plenty of meetings that we would go to together. Oh, yeah. Uh, I always thought, at least in the ad agency that we worked at, that most of the meetings, the, at least the the really unnecessary ones, yeah, uh, were basically just because the people above us had zero trust in anything we did. Yeah, there's there's that aspect too that it's that it is. I need to, 
I, I, I it, it maybe it's more about like, look how important I am. Yeah. Look how integral I am. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that what that is part of it as well is that it can be infantilizing and like, well, let's go over it again. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of the like eye rolly deluge. But at the same time, yeah. there's the other side of the coin, which is like certain projects, certain businesses. The sense of teamwork and the collaboration is really important. Absolutely. And the way to do that is to get together. Yeah. And but, you know, bounce ideas off each other and such. But, but I don't know if I would necessarily call that a meeting. It Well, a meeting is anything you're supposed to be f to at a prescribed time I with guess, your coworkers. I guess. But it just. Just because it, it's not soul crushing doesn't mean it's not a meeting <laughs> meetings for me at least uh from what i remember in the agency that we worked at meetings were never about like getting work done as much as showing off what you've done yeah well but that was an ad agency we yeah. had concepts given to us yeah. we had materials given to us yeah. we had to watch remember there was this one what was it it was something about the olympics was it the Mario and Sonic Olympics? No, 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 no. It was something about I uh, Sydney Olympics. Okay, yeah. And we were doing we did little um uh just what are the ones that are on the internet? Just like not the banner, they're banners yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, the online banners. And so there was this really long video that we watched that was animated. I think it was a game. Okay. But it was just this silent, slow panning around the Olympic Stadium. <laughs> Like for a really long time. Yes. And I was like, Sega Genesis presents Stadium. <laughs> like, I don't even remember what it was for. But like we that one is a bad example. Yeah. But we would get resources there. But say you're just um, you know, at a business at a whatever, at a real estate agency. Right. You know, you're getting the information. Um, and part of it is collaboration, part of it is being a, for the team, but also from a from a uh cover your ass standpoint or point the finger standpoint, yes. there is a way it, it's kind of like we put, do not drink this across the bleach. Right. Okay. Right. You know that. Yes. So part of it might be, okay, boss is telling us all of this information to our faces we have no excuse for not knowing, acknowledging, or following through. That's true. You know, and, true. but that falls into the category you said of like, there's no trust or is there whatever. Right. But yeah, meetings for my best friend is on just meetings all the time. Yeah. She has a corporate job. She's all corporatosity. It's, it's, and it's just an eye endless. roll. Yeah, it's just an eye roll. Ugh. So it's, it, it can be, you know, pointless yeah and it can be just you know and that's the worst part it's like this is an hour i could have been doing something yeah, productive exactly but um it, you can't discount the the concept of the collaboration of the seeing the people sure. we work with sure. of being accountable to one another sure so depending on what that is and if it's on zoom or in person you know, on Zoom, it's really easy for me to like open up Facebook on another window right. and look at it. And it still looks like I'm looking at the camera. Right, right, right. Um, On just a conference call with no Zoom, obviously there's, you know, or if you can put your camera off, there's no end to the candies I can crush. Yeah, exactly. Or the fish I can match. <laughs> um, it's harder to do 
like words with friends because that takes brain power. Right. And there's so many people talking. Yeah. I can't listen to a pod. Like I'll put on a podcast and listen to whatever stuff you should know. It's right. the one that I listen to a lot. Right. And, you know, play Candy Crush or whatever. Sure. But if I'm playing words with friends, I can't keep track of what the podcast is saying. Of course. Because they're both using like languagey letters and <laughs> right. all that kind of wordy stuff. Right. Anyway. That, that part of your brain fizzles out and Exactly. Sparks. So, Carly, it can be a drag. I don't know which category of all this you fall into, but maybe if you can look at well, it's it's kind of like the the legal system. It's yeah. like the rights and all the loopholes and stuff because it's better to let 10 guilty men go free than convict an innocent one. Right. Which, I mean, I'm not going to get into a political thing here. <laughs> right. People can think whatever they want, but it's like better to have 10 meetings and 8.5 of them are fucking eye rollers. Right. But you know but you the players. you get that one that's you get really that, Well, you get that 1.5. Yeah, exactly. You get that 1.5 and like maybe in those something really funny happens yeah. and it's the thing you talk about at the company picnic. Right. <laughs> So I get it. Try to keep yourself uh, entertained as much as you can. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, hopefully that helps. I I, uh, I, I know how uh, shitty work meetings can really be. But how did I work Miranda rights into that question I about meetings know. at work? It's pretty it's pretty spectacular. You do uh, amazing verbal <laughs> gymnastics through all these. Uh, let's move on to question number two. And question number two is from a nice lady named Angie. Angie. And Angie asks, greeting Lori, Beth, and Clark. I recently entered the dating scene after a two-year break, 2020 being mostly to blame. Searching high and low, I began talking to two guys, and I've also been on a few dates with them as well. I don't have much chemistry with the first one, although I do find him attractive. The second one, I don't have much chemistry with either, but he treats me well in a way that I haven't been treated in a long time, but I don't find him very attractive. It got me thinking, and I want both your opinions. Could you ever date someone you weren't physically attracted to? Best wishes and love from Union City, California. Union City. I wonder where that is. I don't know. I'm from California, and I have no clue where Union City is. Me neither. All right, Angie, right? Angie. Thank you, Angie. Yeah. That is a very honest and interesting question. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, uh, what I don't have is your experience of a man treating me well. Yeah, there you go. So I don't have that to compare it to. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you've said you've only been out with him a couple times. Yeah. Is that what she said? Yep. So it's still new and it's still, you know, Unknown, mm -hmm. and you seem to be dating them both. Yeah. So I mean, keep keep it straight. <laughs> Don't call the other one the other guy's name. Don't accidentally make dates with both of them at the same restaurant well, on the she, same night. She didn't say that she lived in a sitcom. So yes. uh, hopefully none of those things will ever happen. Nothing goes on in my brain that's not in a sitcom. You know that. Our wacky neighbors are bing bong. Oh, here he is. Get him, bags. <laughs> so, Angie, it seems like it's new and not being attracted physically. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. It's, you know, we're all shallow. Right. Not, I mean, we're not, but it's like 
the first thing you do is see somebody. Sure. Unless you're blind or you meet on the phone or right, whatever. Right, 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 right. So, um, yeah, like I, we talked last week about me doing phone sex. I bet they weren't picturing me. <laughs> I didn't Maybe. describe myself. You don't know. Yes, exactly. You don't know. Um, but being attracted to someone there's all the other facets of their character. Yeah. And like, I'm trying to think of really ugly people that are married. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. It's like, that's one of these things over the years where it's like Rick Ocasek and Paulina Poroskova. Yeah, exactly. Everyone under 60, please look them up yeah, yeah, on the yeah. internet. It's That'll be a really yeah. funny joke for you once you've figured it out. Yes. And then there's, <laughs> but then there's like talent involved and humor. And yeah. Not necessarily with Rick Ocasek. I don't know if he's hey, a funny guy. He might be hilarious. He could have been hilarious. No, but he's a talented musician. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, don't, I don't know. I mean, if there was someone, you don't say you find him repulsive. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the thing. It's that's you're like, it. I'm not attracted to him, but, um, or not necessarily. What did she say? She said uh, she doesn't find him attractive. She doesn't find him attractive. Yeah. Physically, I'm assuming. I I'm assuming, yeah. So, and the other guy you say you are attracted to, but you don't feel smart. He doesn't have much chemistry with Yeah, her. there's no chemistry. So, I don't know. I would, you know, part of uh, this is what I'll say. And you don't have to, and I'm one to talk because huh. the way I work, but this isn't say that well, we're just talking about the guy that you're not that attracted to who treats you better than you ever have been before. Right, right, right. You don't have to decide and get married to him Thursday. Absolutely not. You know, you can just hang out. You can get to know him better. Absolutely. Which is important for anyone. Absolutely. So I'm, I don't know someone that I've found unattractive. Well, I, uh, let me say what this. ugly bitch did you date? Let me, let me say this. There have definitely been multiple people in my life that I've dated, including my wife, that the, the amount of uh, attraction I had for them grew as we knew each other yeah didn't maybe it didn't start out as like oh i instantly want to jump your bones like i saw when i first met my wife i of course thought she was beautiful and i thought she was great and right? funny and hilarious but i didn't know her and it's hard for me to really feel attracted to somebody if I don't know that they aren't horrible human beings. Well, yeah, that's the you thing. Know, is it could go the other way. Exactly. I, I, I've always felt like I have to kind of hold that back until I know a person. Yeah. So that might be a huge part of it. Maybe once you get to know this guy that you might not be that attracted to now, if he's really funny or really smart or really charming and, you, you know, he does stuff and you like doing stuff with him. You could grow to love this guy immensely. Thought yeah. would be incredibly attracted to him. Yeah. Because you're attracted to the person, not just the face. Exactly. And then you could meet someone super hot, and then you're like, oh, and they love Nazis and circus peanuts. Exactly. And that's not going to work for me. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it could work for a while, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine there's anyone out there who likes both Nazis and circus peanuts. But they're both terrible. Right. So how can you, how can some person like both? Maybe one, but both? There's a lot of bad people in the world, Clark. <laughs> Take off your rose-colored glasses and come join me 
behind my dark, spooky one-way mirror. <laughs> yes. Or go, two-way mirror? What's uh, the one you can look through? Yeah, it's a two-way mirror. Yeah, yeah one-way yeah. mirror would just be a mirror. A mirror. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, get to get to know this guy. Yeah. Um, if he's not perfect, if he's you don't find him attractive after a couple of dates. Yeah, I, I, think in there, I can't remember one of my exes uh, a couple exes ago was kind of a mess just physically when I met him. Mm. We were I met him in my sobriety group and he was just, you know, not doing great yeah. and, and this and stuff. And um, technically, that's became, where you usually are when you join a group yeah, exactly. like that. <laughs> Everything's so great. I thought I'd come here. <laughs> Let's well, that's what somebody said. No one gets here on a winning streak. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so he, but I maybe was attracted to him. I don't know. He looked much older than he actually was. And that was a joke. Mm. So we met and I thought he was 50. Right. And then, I, and then he was like, I'm 42. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. But um yeah, could I date someone I wasn't immediately attracted to? Probably. Yeah. Um, could I date someone that treated me very, very well? I would hope so. <laughs> I don't have the anecdotal it's, evidence it's for to, that. Angie. Yet to occur. Yet, yeah. Exactly. So. One day. Yeah. One day. Um, but you don't have to. I mean, I guess if you're like, I'm not attracted to him, and he's like, Hey, do you want to come to my house? Like, I understand that what yeah. Angie might be saying, but. Yeah. You know, you can set your boundaries as well and yeah. say, I just need to get to know you and string them along for good reasons. Yeah. <laughs> or he could just be fantastic in bed. Yeah. Who knows? So, I mean, and when your eyes are crossed and your toes are curled, you'd be like, you'd I be do like, find I you attractive. I am so attracted to you. I am attractivo <laughs> to you. That's a very good point. So, yeah. You didn't say you were repulsed by him. Yeah. And you didn't say uh, that. People stare at you when you're in public. Right, right. But you did say you went out a couple times. Yeah. So give it some time. Yeah. See what's up. If it's not perfect, it's not perfect and it won't work out. Yeah. So let, let, uh, or if he's the best person in the world, poke your eyes out. <laughs> the perfect solution. That is, that is some, you know what? Solid, Let's go back bad and advice. we're going to edit out. Oh, that's right. That right? is, so we'll edit out everything we said and just say that. <laughs> That is, again, why this is called bad advice. Exactly. That is some solid bad advice. There you go, Angie. Um, all right. Moving on. We've got question number three, and it's from uh, somebody named Macy. And Macy asks, I started sleeping with my coworker during the pandemic. We have great chemistry. Hey. Uh, and we were in the same bubble. He's in seminary school, and I'm a different religion. So what? I knew it wasn't going anywhere. Throughout the pandemic, he would guiltily break it off, then start up again. I tried switching shifts to let things cool off, but once we started working together, we started sleeping together again. Should I quit my job? Oh, who's this from? Macy. Macy? I would report him to the seminary. <laughs> Right? Say, I this person is with you, and he's shooting his seminary all inside me. Father O'Flanagan keeps sleeping with me. I know. <laughs> that just sounds like a mess. I mean, you're not saying 
I'm in love with this guy. And, you know, it's just, you know, that's what happens when you run into someone at your job who's also in the seminary and wants to have sex. I think this is kind of the opposite question of Angie's. (laughs) This is kind of like, you know, she's having sex with this dude and she finds him attractive, but she knows that he's not right for her. Or maybe it's just the opposite because Angie's guy is a rabbi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Macy, don't quit your fucking job over a weird guy who's clearly mixed up of his own accord. Yeah. Here's what I will say. Ideally, you have the power over your mind and body to not have (laughs) sex with him. That would be good. You know, no one's saying, well, he's right there. Right, yeah. Let me say a little prayer over his dick and it'll get hard. <laughs> Don't quit or, your job. Or or let me throw this out there. What? Uh, keep having sex with him. Keep sleeping with them as much as you'd like. And when you're done, tell him God said you should stop. Oh, snap. Right? What is he going to say? Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like fun. It seems like Borden, pandemic Borden. Yeah. Borden. 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 Uh, wow, Jesus. It's pandemic Lizzie Borden. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> pandemic boredom. There you go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no axes involved. You're not in love with this guy. No. He sounds like a tool. Father O'Toole. <laughs> Don't quit your job. If no. you want to change shifts, if you can, you yeah. can go for it. But I would love to see you take some autonomy over your body. <laughs> and you're, he's not forcing himself on you. He's not, yeah. he's not, the power of Christ is not compelling <laughs> you to engage with his penile. <laughs> so... That's up to you yeah. to say no. Yeah, exactly. And it's. I mean, I don't think it's going anywhere. What with him being a priest and such. And let me just throw this out as a so guy. Do people in seminaries yeah. go out and just have like a job? I guess like, are seminary students also like. I got to get to Subway. Got well, some some food to make. I, I, the the thing that threw me off was the fact that it sounded almost like they were in seminary together. But then I'm like, no, it's a coworker. I don't know. It was a very confusing. Yeah, no, what I took from it is that in his time off from practicing to be a priest or whatever. He's working at Subway. He works at wherever. Yeah, he works wherever they work. Right. So, Mary, Wait, don't, don't quit your job. Let me just throw out also okay. from a guy's perspective. Uh, guys sleep with whoever they want to fucking sleep with. Mm. And they don't care. And when they're done, they just stop sleeping with that person. Wait, so if, if, you said guys sleep with whoever they want to sleep with. Do you mean whoever lets them sleep with them? Well, yeah, I'm saying like whoever wants to sleep yes, with okay. them. Yeah, I'm saying. You said it in a very different way. No, 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 that's not <laughs> what I meant. That's not what I meant. What I'm saying is guys never feel guilty for having sex, whether it's with somebody that's their girlfriend or if they're just going on a fling. Yeah, like, they don't care. They don't get shit for it. But did he say? Wait, uh, she's she sleeping say, with him. No, she's I know, but she said dude. that they kind of broke it off. But was it him that broke it off? Uh, I thought I heard the word guilty. He would guiltily break it off. Yes, he would. So, so she, if she didn't want to break it off, if she's having fun sleeping yeah, with this dude, yeah, if you're having fun, but if have this, fun with this dude, yeah, but he also sounds like a fucking drag. Yeah, like well, you don't. It's not too. like your vagina is a pit of shame. <laughs> It may be to him, but that's yeah. why it's your vagina. That's... You can decide what light gets to shine in. <laughs> that's true. That's very, very Find true. Find a Buddhist. <laughs> there you go. Go 
go to a different seminary. Exactly. Don't uh, quit your job. I've yeah. said that like 42 times, yes, but like, don't. fuck that noise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Macy. We really uh, hope that you help. I uh, hope that helped. And uh, that was our third question, which means it is time for our rotating segment of the week. And this one is one of our favorites. It's inevitable information. Oh. And now, Lori Beth Denberg with more inevitable information for your everyday lives. Thank you, Soup. Soup. Yay. So I, shameless plug, because I wanted to uh, remind you all about GalaxyCon. Yes. Which is August 8th. I'm sure it's more than that. But if you want to see me. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> me, Danny Tamborelli, Stephen Glickman, and Michael Morona. That's Michael C. Morona. The C stands for... Craig. <laughs> um, that's uh, my lovelies that I worked with the Nickelodeon. We're doing a Nickelodeon panel with interactive Q&A and then private video chats and hellos and uh, not not hugs, but as close to hugs as we can come and yeah. then autographs. So that's coming up and I'm preparing for it and want you guys to know about it. And that got me thinking about other cons that I've done. Yeah. And that, and it was like, that's some fun stuff to like reminisce about. Well, not only that, but this is the time of year. Like yeah. the end of July or all of July really yeah. is major con season. And that's part of it too, is I, and then uh, Clark also brought it up when I got here, you know, my Facebook memories today are <laughs> Just today. all from literally today, the day we are recording this, are from, I don't know, three, four years ago, whenever it was. And it's me, Karen and Clark and my friend Wes at San Diego Comic-Con. Yep. I had gone there with uh, Kel, Josh and Danny. Yeah. I think it was the four of us. Yeah, it was just like do, a reunion. Yeah, to do a reunion panel. Yeah. And then it was right when the Legends of the Hidden Temple movie were right. coming, was coming out. So they came out and were part of our panel. Yeah. And it was just really cool. And so there's like all these on Facebook pictures of me in my Double Dare outfit. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, those were really fun. Except that Double Dare, this is my story from that one. Well, all that right. was a great, but you know, and I might have even talked about this before, but we had to run the little, you know, we played. Right. There were teams of regular people fans. Right. And then there was one of us, me or Cal or Danny or Josh on one of the teams. So we ran the little obstacle course at the end. Right. You picked the nose. I picked you... the nose. Nice. I did pick the nose. Nice. Except I didn't. What? Because the guy who put the flag in there was really tall. Oh. And he oh, legit no. put the flag too high up. Oh, no. Like, literally a foot above, like, with my tit squeezed oh, in the nostril. in the nostril. And I couldn't get it. And then Mark's making fun of me, Mark oh, Summers, no. because it's taking so long. And he's like, just keep going. And I was like, this isn't fair. Uh, well, that, I just... It's so funny that you said that because I just finished watching the Orange documentary. Oh, that's right. The Orange Years. The Orange Years. And there's that scene in that documentary where they're talking. And I think they have a clip of it from the first show that they recorded where there was like the big final obstacle course where you have to do this and find a yep. flag. And then you pass it over your friend and you have to do this with the flag. And they couldn't get past the first challenge because they had to get a, a, a flag out of a pillow. And this girl is pulling all the feathers out oh. of the pillow. And it turned out there was no flag in oh, there. Oh, that's right. Like the, the guy forgot to put the flag in. So they had to like cut and then refilm everything. Oh, but good. 
for that girl. How sad is that? How yeah. sad well, is that? I know how sad to it is. To not get that flag. I mean, not as bad because I could look up and just be like, <laughs> see it in the distance. Fucking Mr. Tickle <laughs> shove this <laughs> shit Tickle. up at the top. So I was like, oh, that sucks. But also at that one, yeah. that was the San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, Karen the, and Clark. Well, one. we should say. Yeah. Clark is a longtime con man. Yeah. So I've been going to San Diego Comic Con since uh, late 90s. Late 90s-ish, maybe 98, 99. And I've gone almost every single year since. It's such a tradition for me. I go with my whole family. Well, not my whole family, but my wife and my kid now. And I used to, you know, stay in hotels with my best friend. Or did we ever go? No, you never went to. No, I never went to a con. Con until Until I was. Backstage pass (laughs) material. Exactly. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I've always loved these comic conventions. They're so much fun. They always have such obscure shit. Yeah. Right? There's obscure obscure shit to see. There's obscure shit to buy. It's just really, really fun when you like random pop culture nonsense. Yeah. And so Clark's real. I mean, Clark is a comic book kid through and through as well. Yeah. So like when you say your Facebook memories today are like, oh, all from three years ago when we were at con on this day my my memories from this year is literally 15 different yeah. years of <laughs> here's you and your wife when you first met here's you and your kid when he yep. was three here's you with a uh you know transformer on your head all this random shit yeah so cons are my thing i love conventions so that was what was good um like Clark, where they were going to Comic-Con yeah. San Diego the year we were there. Yeah. And you came to, it was called Kamikaze Con. Yeah, here in you LA. You came with me the first time I did that. Yes, that was uh, Stan Lee's Stan Lee's. Kamikaze you know what? It wasn't at the beginning. I think it became oh, Stan really? Lee's Kamikaze okay. Con. Yes. R.I.P. Oh, R.I.P. Stan, Stan L.E. I know. He's a yummy. He was a good guy. He was. I met him. So you're in love with him. <laughs> he spoke at my at my ex's graduation. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really strange. It was like, okay. Did he say Excelsior? He didn't. He had a seat. Uh, he might have. He might have. I don't know. He said Excelsior a but lot. But he was a wonderful smush. Yeah. Um. So the point is, that was San Diego Comic-Con. Some other great memories for that is back in uh, the 90s, shockingly. Yeah. They opened this, uh, the Viacom store. Viacom. Oh, is that like the take Uh, on the WB store? Yeah, something like that. But it was like, because at that point, I mean, Viacom is everything now. But back in the day, it was like the sister networks. It was MTV, VH1, Nickelodeon. Now there's like a jillion, kajillion more things. Right. So this Viacom store was like, you know, loot. It was stuff. And they made all that T-shirts. There are two T-shirts with my face on. Yes. One is cool, and it's a vital information T-shirt. I have that one. Oh, you do? I do. You gave me one of those. Oh, good. And then one was a loud librarian shirt, which, I mean, was... I understand why it was bright yellow with like <laughs> me and it's me with a, what's the thing? A jackhammer. Jackhammer. Yeah. And that was a great jackhammer. <laughs> that was a Michael good Michael Winslow just <laughs> rolled over in his grave. Um, <laughs> again, oh, look that up. so many reasons. Uh, again, look that up, everyone <laughs> under 50. Um, so there was that shirt and and I I had one. I gave it to my friend Wes who came with me okay. as my friend slash 
not bodyguard, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm always a little overwhelmed and I'm like, can you be with me and yeah. we'll go together? Yeah. So he is wearing the, and I told him, I'm like, do that. That'll be so fucking right? funny. So he's wearing the shirt with me on it with me. That's funny. Um, so that was really fun. But then, and you might have seen this because yeah. you were there. You weren't right there, but we were doing an autograph signing and- there was this, I call her the Chew Baby. Mm. There was this little girl, maybe three. Okay. Dressed as Chewbacca. Oh, no. It. She was the cutest effing thing. <laughs> she was so cute, right? I'm not even going to actually swear about her. <laughs> Just, In case she's still listening and yes. still three. She. Oh, no. You know what, though? I, have, I got a picture of her. She was so cute. I, like, stopped signing autographs, and I asked her mom... Can we please take a picture wow. together? So flipping cute, this oh. girl. And I have a picture. I'm going to put it on Instagram. Yeah. At LB Denberg on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Dot com, as I like <laughs> to say for no reason. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, she was just adorable. Well, that's like part of my favorite things about going to con. I went to con. So one of the first few years, maybe like the first year or two that I went, I was convinced because at that time, late nineties, I was still finishing up working at universal. Ah, so I was still dressing up like a uh, Beetlejuice <laughs> three or four times a week or so. So um, could you take that costume and wear it? I did. Oh, but, but you weren't supposed to. I was not. <laughs> and it so was Clark. That's such a Crozer move. <laughs> it was really fun. Uh, but it wasn't my thing. I, I, I loved doing the show at Universal yeah. and singing and dancing and performing, but I could not enjoy myself at con because I couldn't get pictures? two feet yep. without somebody being like, hey, can I get a picture? Hey, yep. can I get a picture? Hey, can I get a picture? And you're like, yeah, great. And that's really fun for the first maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. But then after an hour of it, you're like, I, I just want to be alone. Welcome to my world, Clark. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, because that's the difference between, you know, having dressed up one time and being a cosplayer. Yeah. Cosplayers want that. Exactly. You know, it's almost like they work for the, you know, Co for the convention the, or they're whatever. The, they're the costume characters. Yeah. Of, that I was afraid of in Disneyland. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. So it's... It, it, that's always been such a hard thing for me, but I adore seeing people and oh, yeah. how creative they are. And it's just sometimes, I love the amalgamation outfits. I love the outfits where it's like practically, I saw one kid who had his, he was in a wheelchair and his whole wheelchair they built a giant Rancor hand, like in Star Wars, how the Rancor picks up Luke Skywalker. Okay. He had like a giant Rancor hand wrapped around the wheelchair. So it looked like he was rolling around and there was just this disembodied Rancor hand that was moving him around. It was weird as fuck and so awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. I love the creative... The, people at yeah, one of these cons. It's, it's, and the time put in and all yeah. that kind of stuff is amazing. Yeah. But, and I actually, because what was really cool too is, 
you know, people people have always recognized me and everyone goes, oh, you're so great. I wish you were on TV. You know, yeah. even people in my life, they're like, you have such a following. You should really blah, blah, blah. But I was always like, yeah, what? not really. Yeah. But then when I went to the first con I did was the, um, well, the I did the Kamikaze con. It was smaller. But when I went to New York to, I mean, five, six, I don't know how many years ago, yeah. to New York Comic Con, it was really cool. And yeah. when you walk in and you see not even the not even the audience that's in for the panel, but the huge line of people that couldn't get in. Yeah. And like walking by them and they were like super excited yeah. to see me. And I'm like, hi, you know, I love meeting people. Yeah. It would have been a lot to hug everybody in that moment. <laughs> but, Thinking back on it now though. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> I should have taken the opportunity. <laughs> well, uh, but this leads me to a question. You know, I I was with you at Kamikaze, that very first yes. one. I was your bodyguard. Yes. I came with you. And we kind of like snuck in through some back door. Like we didn't know where we were going. We finally got in. Yeah. And you got in, pulled out immediately to go do the panel. Yes. And then as soon as you were done with the panel, you came out and you signed autographs yes. at the little booth. I think you just went home after, like, you never actually got to experience the con. No, nor did I at New York, but in San Diego. Okay. I did. Good. Because we were done with the panel on, like, Saturday and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But you and Karen and Lex were there. Yeah. And so Wes, my friend that was wearing my, he didn't wear my face on his chest the second day. <laughs> I think he did bring an alternate shirt. But we met you in the convention the, center. The convention center. Yeah. And did walk around and did get to see it. Yes. And it was, I mean, it was okay. I'm not going around going like, has anybody seen all that? <laughs> I believe there's someone from there. Um so that was really cool too. Yeah. And I remember Lex was just in a poopy mood. I mean, he was three. Yeah, maybe. He was like three two. years old and he was just like, this is a lot. <laughs> I've got some pictures of, of the three of you with some sort of monster. Yeah. Tall I'm sure. Thingy. Sure. But, um, but that was really fun. Yeah. Cause I got to actually go through and see some stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and I really enjoyed that. So it's fun. I mean, and obviously it's a great way. If you can get your travel and hotel covered yeah. and be a backstage pass holder, yeah. that's a great way to experience Comic-Con. Absolutely. But um, yeah, they're just funny. I got to please remind me to put up the picture of Chew Baby. Okay. Chew Baby was the cutest. And oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And I told Karen about her that day okay and then karen found some other thing published right where where like some it's an email you know it's just it's some blog yeah some internet blog. something about it and they put a picture of chew baby on there yes. that's how cute this girl was yeah that, that it wasn't that just sounds me familiar. it wasn't just me yeah so I got, i'll put that up uh give some likes to chew baby she needs some love <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. So, yeah. So, so well, that really petered out, didn't it? <laughs> so anyway, going into Galaxy Con on the 8th. Yes. I'm excited to get to interact with you guys. And yeah. hopefully it'll be fun. But hopefully, I mean, it will be fun. But oh, yeah. hopefully I'll get to go to one in person. Because it really is the mishmash of people and nerds. Yeah. And, you know what's interesting, though? I'll what? tell you this. Yeah. When I did doing these cons... The amount of people 
that are on the spectrum. Yeah. With on the autism spectrum, Asperger's, all that kind of stuff that come come to to those cons. Yeah. And who came to get our autographs and stuff was really staggering. There oh, yeah. was just like opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to connect with someone who has problem with connection. Yeah. You know, they're totally. autistic, but they're sitting there telling me how much they love the show and how much it meant to and, them, yeah, personal and, stories. Exactly. And all, and all that kind of stuff. And then of course there's like the super, like maybe savanti ones that are like an episode four. When you said, <laughs> and he's like telling me about sketches I did. And I'm like, I guess I believe you because I do not remember. But the fact that, you know, the, whatever it is about that stuff that um, people on the spectrum can really relate to and and hook into. And I was talking to somebody else who does uh, had had done and does a lot more cons than I have. And they mm. say, yeah, that's always the case. Always. And and that was really, um, really interesting to me and just really nice to be able to connect with with people that. Uh, that have trouble with connection and we had something to connect about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and speaking as somebody who's been going to these cons for over 20 years, absolutely 100% that's true. I yeah. think it's a safe space. Yeah. I think it's a good environment and a safe space for these people to finally feel free to act how they are, right? To not be embarrassed, to not be ashamed they can be proud of who they are, no matter what. And what they love. And, yeah, yeah, and it makes I think so. everyone so happy. Yeah, that was that was a really neato bandito part of it for me. Yeah, I agree. It's, I, okay. I do love cons. Those are so much fun. Um, but before we go too far here, we do have one last question. And okay. It's a bit of a doozy. So okay. uh, let's get to our final question and we can uh, go from there. So uh, this last question is from Laura. And Laura says, how do I casually tell people my husband is dead when it's necessary to do so, of course, without making everything weird for everyone involved? I'll give a few uncomfortable examples. I know it's on other people to act right, but I don't think these are necessarily bad or ill-intentioned questions or whatever. It just happens. And a lot of it is because I often still wear my rings. So here's example number one. I got my hair done the other day by someone new. She was just making conversation and asked if I was married or had kids. I told her I had a daughter and that I was married, but my husband died in January. This led into her talking about death and him visiting my dreams and both of us crying. Mm. I know I could avoid it all by just saying I'm not married, but I don't want to feel like I have to hide my truth. Example number two. There's a neighborhood restaurant where the three of us were regulars for years, and they've watched Helen grow up. I'm avoiding going back, even though she begs me to, for this exact reason. I don't want another weird conversation when they ask where Augie is or comment that he hasn't been in in a while. I know a lot of the weirdness is because people don't know how to deal with grief, their own or others. I certainly don't or like the restaurant, will be upset themselves when they learn about it. I'm not being very succinct here, but it boils down to me not knowing how to talk about his death to people in casual situations, in a way that minimizes discomfort all around. And again, I know that's not my responsibility, but that's what I'm asking. If you were the hairdresser or the client or the restaurant owner or whatever, 
What could I say? How could I phrase it to allow us to continue our interaction in a normal way? Wow. Laura. Laura. Yep. Well, first of all, I am very sorry about the loss of your husband. Yeah. I'm very sorry about that. Yeah. Um, for what that's worth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, this, this question is kind of blowing my mind. Uh, a very good friend of mine just lost her husband. That's right. Yeah. Um, and he had had health problems for many years. He was very young. Mm. Uh, a week ago would have been his 56th birthday. Wow. And he uh, went into the hospital in February, I think, and was in ICU and just getting worse and all of the shit going wrong. Mm. And finally, it was, you know, it was time to say goodbye yeah to say goodbye and stop the machines and yeah. i've been with my friend through all of it luckily she has a lot of support okay good um i'm i'm one of the pockets of support but i live close by okay good and i help her with her dog so i was in and out a lot <laughs> yeah 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 um plus you're always good in in stressful situations you want me in a crisis yeah, yeah. and i make horribly awesome jokes yeah constantly you're a fantastic crisis constantly companion. yeah 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 um and which she appreciate obviously if you were like oh, i don't like it <laughs> like i wouldn't keep doing right. it but she loves it and she really appreciates right, it right 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 um like he was they had uh you know, decided based on his DNR and all, like his living will and stuff that he didn't want to be kept alive by machines. Mm. So at some point it was time to honor that and, you know, take the respirator out. Yeah. And this motherfucker didn't have the decency to die for like 36 hours. Oh, oh no. He took the respirator out at uh, on Sunday at 3 p.m. And he finally did pass away Tuesday morning really early. Ooh. And on the, in the middle day, my friend was at the hospital. And we're talking on the phone. And I'm like, can you just tell him like to fucking die? Because we have shit to do. Whoa. You know, and my friend's laughing. Right. You know? Like, that's the kind of thing I have to right. say. And of she course, this is, you know five six months of him being in the hospital and her oh, being yeah, yeah, yeah. her but knowing that he was gonna die that's and all the this kind stuff. of thing and yeah. then she she i had been at her house all day a couple of my friends had um like doing paperwork and looking for stuff and she's in the hospital and then they get home and i'm like okay i'm gonna go and i got home and a couple minutes later i got the call you know can you come back and take the dogs in case i get called in the middle of the night right. and so i come back acting all pissy and i go you know what I'm not going to help you when your next husband dies, <laughs> you know, and she's just laughing. You know, it's, 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 I'm good in a crisis. Yeah. Like I am good in it. You my, are my life, excellent in a crisis. Yeah. My life has set me up to be good in a crisis. <laughs> um, you were good in a crisis when you were in high school. Yeah, exactly. Like this was a lifelong. Uh, yeah. This uh, is a skill. Skill. This is a life skill. But I also, that's why I'm a good medical advocate for yeah. like my dad. Yeah. Is. You know, I ask the questions I need to ask. I make a personal connection with the, you know, anesthesiologist, right. doctor, surgeon, nurse, whatever it right. is. Because that's part of how I gauge, like, how is this going to go? Yeah. If I say something to you, and it's not like they have to be, like, laughing at my five-minute set of, <laughs> right. you know, stand-up. Right. But if I can make a personal connection, and then I can make jokes. But I ask, you know, is, is his blood sugar going to be monitored throughout this? You know, I ask all the questions. But... The last thing I always say to my dad when he's going into surgery and I'm leaving, I yeah. go, have fun. Right. Like, what are you going to say? Yeah. Well, that, my question was, uh, 
your friend like does she have to you have to stay at the hospital once they pull no you don't no 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 you don't and there was a bunch of a bunch of them there yeah and they were just there to be there okay and then it kept going and he kept breathing and he kept breathing and it was like Okay, well, like at a certain point, you're looking at your watch, going, I know. Uh, "Hey, uh, TikTok, you're well, guy." Well, at one point, I was like, "They could have seen two movies." <laughs> so at some point, they did. They did leave, and this has gone very far, far afield. Yeah, it's Laura, all right. the point is that it, very recently, yeah, my friend did lose her husband. Yeah, and I encountered this exact situation because she and I went to the Hollywood Bowl. It was the Fourth of July. Yeah. Um, and at the Hollywood Bowl on the 4th of July, uh, they honor all the military. Right. In the first half of the show, they play all of the anthems of each branch right. of the military and everybody stands up who was in that branch. And my my friend's husband was career Air Force guy. OK, so I had said to her, you know, this and he had already passed away. I said, this could be the worst idea or the best idea. But do you want to? You know, let's go to the Hollywood right. Bowl and you can stand up for him right. when they say Air Force. When they start playing Highway to the Danger exactly. Zone. <laughs> when they do that. For that the Air is, Force. That is the, uh, that is the Air Force the song. Air Force but, song. But, um, <laughs> you know, and then we'll see a show and we'll yeah. be out and yeah. we'll see fireworks. Yeah. So, so that's what we did. And she stood up and both of us started to cry and she goes to sit down and there's a couple behind us and the woman leans forward and she says, thank you for your service. Mm. And my friend turns around with kind of tears in her eyes because we were already kind of teared up. And she said, it was actually my husband. He just passed away. Mm. And the woman just shrank into Crumbled. herself Ugh. because she felt so she felt so badly and she didn't know what to say. She yeah. just looked so, and I kind of gave her like a, don't worry. I wish that I had had another moment to connect with her Yeah, to say, don't worry about it. It's okay. But that is the reaction. Just like Laura's gotten where people just don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And it's very strange that it, not to, not to, um, make something less of my two new friends now laura and my friend who lost her husband yeah but once a dog died in my living room <laughs> okay yes and this was Very. really my first true experience with the weirdness that human beings have with death yeah because yeah. this dog was sick yeah this dog was old and sick yeah. i was watching it for a friend who went out of town and you know, I woke up in the morning and the dog was the dog was dead. Yeah. She had passed away. Yeah. Bubbles. 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 Ooh. And I was so freaked out and I couldn't touch her and I needed to pick her up and take yeah. her to the vet. And, yeah. And I couldn't do it. And what's so weird is I knew I knew in my brain that if I had been on the floor with her a minute before she died, I would have been biting her cheek and kissing her face. Right. But now. But now. This dog was no longer alive and yeah. dead, and, and I was just scared to touch it. I was just, I just couldn't. Yeah, I just couldn't. I ended yeah. up. I got a friend to come and help me lift her up, and I took her to the vet. But it was really like, wow, death. At least in our culture, yeah, it's so fucking weird, and people have that reaction to it. You know, when you say to someone like this woman at the Hollywood Bowl, you know, oh, my husband just died. Yeah. And my friend was 
you know, upset. This had just happened. We right. were we were going to this thing to stand up for him for the Air Force, and it was going to be emotional. Right. So there was that palpable sadness and emotion. This was literally like a week or two after the plug was pulled, right? Oh yeah. Like, I think I think maybe less, even days. Yeah, it, it was it was maybe a week. Yeah, it was because I remember I told her about it while he was still. Oh yeah, like alive. during the during the death vigil when yeah, he when yeah. he just wouldn't let it go. <laughs> right. I said, "This is just like your husband to be stubborn till the very last friggin' second." Oh, uh, and she, you know, she's laughing at all of that. But um, so yeah, the way this this. This very nice woman who had thanked my friend for her service yeah. and was reaching was, out yeah, to yeah, connect yeah. that she just shrank into herself with oh, such regret for yeah. having brought it up. Yeah. And it's like, that's not that's not right. Right. That's, and it's it's kind of what exactly what Laura is saying. Exactly. Like, that's not her responsibility to do anything. Yes. However, when she sees it happening, it's like, I feel like I should be doing something. Yeah, it's and it's difficult. So Laura, I would say. It's we know that people have this reaction. Yeah. I don't know where you are with. I mean, you say that you still wear your ring sometimes. You know, you say you say I like that you said I think I heard like mentioning that my husband passed away when I need to. It's not yeah. like you're going in everywhere. Like right. table for one. My husband passed yeah, away. Exactly. Is there a wait? <laughs> No, I don't want to sit at the bar. What do you have? Neither my my dead husband never liked sitting at yeah. the bars. <laughs> no. no, my husband and I always sat at the bar. I can't. I don't it know if I can do it anymore. Painful. <laughs> exactly. So, Laura, I don't know where you are at with your grief, right. with your what space you're in about it, right? Because. I mean, and it's easy for me to say most people agree that I'm funny and quick witted, <laughs> but to be able to take the air out of it with a joke yeah. or, you know, something like that um, could be helpful. Yeah. Or to even just say, don't worry about it. I know death is weird. We're yeah. fine. Yeah. You know, just something if you can take it upon yourself again, it not being your you know, job. Right. But you know yeah. that people are weird about death and then they don't know how to treat you. It's this right. weird, you know, are you very upset? Should I not have mentioned it? I'm sorry I brought it up. Did I bring something up that you weren't thinking about and now you right. are? Like all of this goes through people. And I know, Laura, that you see it on their face. You can see people's brains like clicking around, yep. working that out. Yep. So, you know, if you have to bring it up, Maybe preface it with something like, now don't worry. Yeah. But, you know, or you know, my husband's dead. Yeah, he passed away January. We're doing okay. Whatever it is. Right. Or, I mean, another way that I was thinking about, you could be overly honest about it too and just say like, hey, I'm freshly widowed and I'm still a little sensitive about it. Yeah. And just ending it at that would be like, I feel like you would get a quick response of like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. and then move on. But what I think she was saying, she she was saying like, how do I casually mention it? Yeah. Like there's sometimes when you just got to be like, well, no, my husband passed away. Right. And it's not, it's not Laura going, and this is a moment I'm having. It's right. just stuff like that comes up. And yeah. then it, it becomes a bigger deal in the moment yeah. for someone 
in that conversation with you. Right. That, and you're just like, oh, it's, it's really okay. Yeah. Like, no, I didn't want my husband to die. It's been six months. Yeah. I'm dealing with it. But it's like when you just have to kind of mention something. Right. But it, so if you can disarm it or, or you know, have a stock line yeah. that you say, yeah. you know, my husband passed away. It's We're okay. Fine. I'm over yeah, it. Or exactly. not over it, but I'm, you know, I'm dealing. Or like, I know death is weird, but don't worry about it. Yeah. Just something to to take the air out of the situation yeah. and let the other person off the hook. Because part of it is they want to do what's going to be best for you. Right. And they don't know you. Right. A new hairdresser isn't like, well, I know where you are. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, um, you know, but Point also out the elephant in the room. Yeah. But also Laura play that fucking widow card. Oh. <laughs> That's what I told my friend that had breast cancer. I'm like, Okay, first of all, we got this diagnosis and then we uh, discussed the options. And then I'm like, and now we are playing the cancer card. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that? Did I? When we went to do um, 90s trivia? No. We <laughs> went to uh, a vacation with the girls, the girls group, Ooh. who my friend, whose husband died is part yeah, of that. Yeah, part, part of that. And it was this kind of resorty place and they had little like, you know, activities. Of and course. one of them was a 90s trivia. Oh, no. And I was like, we are fucking going yeah, to Yeah, right? And then um, we, <laughs> you know, I know we're probably running long, but no, I'm going to okay. tell this story. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of my friends, you 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 don't quite do it because you know that I'm bullshit, <laughs> but like I'll make a joke about something and then they just go along with it. <laughs> like we're sitting there and it was just the four of us. Okay. No one else showed up to 90s trivia. Sure. So oh, then God. we yeah, it was just the four of us. <laughs> and so we all were different, um, you know, on different teams. teams we weren't yeah. we weren't teamed up. So yeah. I'm like, you'll be Gryffindor, you'll be Hufflepuff. <laughs> And I was Slytherin and you're Ravenclaw. And they were like, okay. And in my head, I was like, why are you letting me do this? And then what was funny about that was like when my friend Heather was like, oh, uh, 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 Hufflepuff. Because you had to like say your team name. Oh, no, name. she couldn't remember it. Yeah. And they did it a couple of times. And I said, why are you letting me do this to you? <laughs> You know, it's just like, why are, why, you should take 8.5 things that I say as nothing. <laughs> you know? True. Yes, it's very And once I'll be like, you got a package. And they're like, I really did. <laughs> but, um, you know, then it was uh, Gryffindor, my friend who had breast cancer. And so the whole time we were like, it was like, play the cancer card, all this stuff. And then, um. You know, and 90s trivia was like one of the answers was all that. Oh, really? You know, 50% of the answers were people I knew personally, <laughs> right. you know? And then, but at the end I was like, hey, best friend name. Um, <laughs> I did, oh, no. I tried. Call, call her, call her Ravenclaw. Yeah, she was, she was Gryffindor. I'm oh, like, okay. hey, hey, Gryffindor, Gryffindor. Uh, why don't you tell her you have breast cancer? Maybe she'll give you extra points. <laughs> And I said it so that the ch the chicky that was running it, I mean, it's just five of us in a room right. and we're just having a good time. Right. And she looked like, oh no. And then, and then she was like, I think I can give you some extra points. And then I was bummed out because I'm like, no, I want to fucking win. Yeah. You're if just I don't win 90s points. trivia, then, but I did win. Okay, good. 
But anyway, this went a lot of places. <laughs> the point is, play the widow card when yeah. you can. Yes. Um, responsibly. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, if you're taking... You obviously want to spare people this awkwardity, this, yes. this moment of like, oh, fuck. And then you have to have this moment over and over and right. over again. So... You know, come up with a stock, you know, don't get upset, but my husband's dead. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, yeah, no, my husband passed away in January. It's okay. I didn't like him that much anyway. Yeah. You know, whatever kind of joke or or just statement or whatever. It to, points out the elephant in the room. Yes. And it lets out the air. Exactly. So that's what I would do. And so I'm very, smart. very sorry. Um, if you want to write back in and tell me the specifics, I'll give you a lot of horrible, horrible jokes to make. Because I'll do that, you know, Gryffindor and Hufflepuff were yeah, there. Yeah. And, um, you know, at my friend's house. Yeah. And I would just make these jokes and like Gryffindor would just shake her head like, oh no. Well, my friend is cracking up. Yeah, that's best. That's what a best friend's for. Exactly. Is for that moment. Exactly. You know? Uh, thank you so much, Laura. We really appreciate that. That was a fantastic final question. Yeah. But that was it. We're all done for today. Oh. We had some good questions. I was uh, very pleased. Uh, but if you guys out there, if you have some great questions, and I know you're out there, if you have any decisions, anything, you send it to us and let LB ease your burden. Send us your problems at AskGloryBeth.com. Go follow us on all the socials at AskGloryBeth. Or just leave us a message with your voice at 1-855-336-2374. That's 1-855-DENBERG or 1-855-DENBERG. You can find me at LB Denberg on Instagram and look for the picture of me and Chewbaby Yay! from San Diego Comic-Con. And I'm at Lori Beth Denberg on Twitter. And there is the Lori Beth Denberg fan page Ooh. on Facebook. And uh, please, galaxycon.com. There you go. That's still hard to say, con.com. Yes. Galaxycon.com. Our Nickelodeon panel is August 8th. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing all the bunnies. Yeah. And, you know, shaking hands over the internets and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and if you want to get a personalized video for a friend or loved one, you can uh, book me for that at cameo.com slash Lori Beth. Thank you so much for listening. We had a great time. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much, bunnies. Bad Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question there. Thanks for listening.